and welcome to the City of Fruit podcast. Fruit is used as a metaphor, not of our direct actions, but the things produced as a result of our lives. This isn't about just the things that we're accomplishing, but the true deeper meaning and lasting impact of what we're doing. This is your host, Palmer Thomas, and I'm excited to have you here on this journey with me. episode of the City of Fruit podcast. I'm on with my guest, Gregory Critchlove, over here at Chocolate Smokes Bicycle Studio Shop. Yes. Um, and uh, so, Greg, the first question that we like to ask in City of Fruit podcast is, what is your favorite type of fruit? Oh, wow. Um, grapefruit. Grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love grapefruit as well. Why do, why do you like grapefruit? Um, easy, uh, bitter, and sweet. Yeah. So my cousins live in Arizona mm-hmm. and they have uh, some land and they have like 80 grapefruit trees on their land Okay, and it's the best grapefruit you've ever had. Mm-hmm. And none of them like any citrus fruit. Yeah. Yeah. So they just sell it. They don't, they don't eat it oh. at all. They don't even, they don't even, <laughs> okay. they don't like it at all. But every time I go there, I just, I just eat a lot of it. Yeah. No, it's good. That is a good fruit. Not yeah. one that we have a lot in Colorado, No, but it's, it's whenever you can get it, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so just tell us a little bit about this, this bike shop that you have here. So you've had it, you've been here for nine years, you said? Yes. Nine years. Yeah. Uh, I started the bike shop uh, around 2009-2010 in a small space and then uh, was able to work with a building owner and move to this space. Uh, And then it uh, came to fruition because uh, as a practicing architect, uh, the recession really hit everybody hard. And so I had to reinvent myself and figure out what was the next step. Uh, I had learned the frame building process and... Um, you know, the welding and everything like that as a hobby. Uh, and then I put it to use. Um, but a lot of it was understanding how to invest in a neighborhood. Uh, not necessarily, I had the opportunity to invest in my own neighborhood, uh, which needed investment. And so it worked both me trying to invent myself, but also giving back to some extent. That's awesome. Yeah. And we're right over here off Downing and 28 28 mm-hmm. and this is kind of has some history as yeah. far as Denver goes has a lot of history. so when you talk about that even nine years ago things have changed a lot in those nine years yeah uh, when you talk about your own neighborhood here what what was the reason that you decided to be in this in this area well um, I did a project on um, Martin Luther King and Downing Street it's a, a veterans administration building and when we when the building owner or property owner was looking to do the building we did this we did a lot of neighborhood um, discussions and what I found really interesting is that the people that historically lived here uh, were like, yeah, we're all in, you know, we need, we're, we're a neighborhood of services. We provide for people and the people that were moving in the neighborhood and, and putting their money into these re- renovations and things of that nature, they were very against it. And they were saying, we don't want any more services. You know, what does that do for our values? Uh, but it wasn't a civil discussion. It was very heated. Uh, a lot of people were screaming at each other. It was just an eye opening experience that, you see both sides in one space and the tension coming to a boiling point at that point. And what I found striking was that the people who were not wanting the services, they were saying they wanted coffee shops, flower shops. They wanted they wanted to make this what their vision was and they were really kind of not seeing the history for which they had inherited mm. in the neighborhood. So, you know, um, that's where I said, well, that's where I can 
that to play is that I'll do be, I'll be that investor. I'll invest in my own neighborhood commercially, right? Um, uh, we live in a very modest house. I mean, I probably could have taken some of that uh, capital, done something with our house, but that wasn't our decision. We decided to do you know invest in our neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. what an awesome uh, an awesome thing to do. I think this is an interesting place, especially for a lot of the people who um, are probably listening to this and don't really know Colorado or Denver mm-hmm. history at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of right on the edge of the Rhino District, which nine years ago wasn't a thing. Yes, yeah. And uh, yeah. and you just kind of, um, yeah, like right around us are different areas that are that are being um, really renovated and, and gentrified in some yeah. sense. And we talked a little bit about that, like um, reinvesting back into your community and back into your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see that, or how do you perceive like gentrification as far as like the way it's been happening around here? Good, bad, or... Well, as we discussed before, you know, gentrification, unfortunately, is used, the term is used to, uh, at current, as something that is negative. And so, but you want reinvestment in neighborhoods, right? You want people to want to be in a neighborhood. And the, the thing that we're struggling with, and this is not just in Denver, but all over the country, and probably all over the world, but the equity issue, right? And so the reinvestment doesn't always fare well for everybody. And we lose a lot of the character of neighborhoods when we lose people who've been here historically because you don't have the opportunity to go back and catalog what's happened. Um, And and therefore, uh, the neighborhood's not the same anymore. And so, you know, when we throw around that that term, you know, we need to really evaluate how can we put equity into that term? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, who wants to live in a, a, a neighborhood or a space that's been disinvested? Right, we all want to have something that people want to invest in. It's just how do we all share that same space? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And then also, like you said, when we were talking earlier, like f- from communities where you know maybe historically or you know when people were growing up, there was like lots of gang violence mm-hmm. or lots of uh, you know the only shops around were liquor stores or whatever. Um, a lot of the people who then are able to reinvest don't really want to reinvest in that same area sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a, um, how, how do you, how do you like go about addressing that? Well, you know, yeah, if you've been in the neighborhood, you've grown up in a neighborhood that has not been very pleasant, you have a hard time understanding, you have a hard time seeing what's in the future, right? Because it's, there's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of trauma in the neighborhood and that sticks with people. Um, and so to, but then when the cycle happens that it becomes reinvested you know that cycle tends to people don't see that worth because it's so expensive right mm-hmm. they know the history and so a lot of times that reinvestment has to come from outside that history you know where people don't really have the association with it and they can start almost anew for some reason um, and so that's why you find it hard especially you find uh disproportionate you know as people of color to reinvest them back into these neighborhoods so yeah so with the money or the reinvestment coming from places that aren't you know that don't know the neighborhood that don't know the history mm-hmm. um it seems like it's easy to lose touch of like the people mm-hmm. in that area mm-hmm. you know like uh, a new business comes in from out of town or whatever they don't know the community they don't know who's needing the help or who's who, who the people are of the area mm-hmm. and i think that's something i'm pretty passionate about is like um not losing or keeping um, the the mindset focused on 
like the neighborhood and the people and not just like on making money or the business or whatever. Do you have any tips or just thoughts on that of like how, you know, I know you do a good job of just like knowing your neighbors and investing within this community here. Mm-hmm. Well, it all depends on the business owner. I mean, um, you know, all businesses hopefully will do the research once they decide to move into some place, uh, mostly for their economic reasons, but there are some cultural reasons that would warrant to do that. Um, and this is just one of those corners where it is a cultural and understanding that it has what sets it apart mm-hmm. uh, so I would say when you do your research that is part of it because yeah the neighborhood's changed but not changed completely you know there's, a, there's some people that are here that have still been here for a lot of the history of it and the more that you engage with them the better that your experience is going to be because they're going to like I said everybody wants reinvestment right mm-hmm. And so they're going to support, maybe not financially, but they'll support you in terms of just keeping eyes on the space, you know, being able to keep the space, pick up whatever, but there's going to be some kind of neighborhood support at that point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. No, that's a good, it's a good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things that I am really like focused on or want to see, want to prioritize is um, the lasting impact, like the podcast, the fruit, um, the fruit of what we do, the things that, that last beyond, you know, like, yeah, you make bikes and mm-hmm. this is a bike shop, but what do you think are things that, that you uh, prioritize or want to prioritize more um, in just your life that you've learned from this shop and from what you've done here? What I want it understand is and what people understand is to put yourself out there um we often rightfully so we look out for our own personal well-being and our family's well-being but there's a broader perspective that we also have to really bring into the fold um and when we do that then we all benefit from it you know, when I was younger, graduating college, I mean, you know, I was just like every other uh, person out of college, wanted to get the good job and salary and finally not have to pay to go to school, get paid. But from this experience, you really learn about how much you can give as a person. Um, and I think as this experience, I'm, it's unique as I wasn't just a building owner, or, or sorry, a business owner, but we created a space that people really felt comfortable in and that, you know, it didn't matter what echelon of life that you're at, you just came into the space. So, um, but if, if I hadn't just been willing to open myself up, you know, was that going to happen? Hmm. So that's what I would take from it is, you know, as I move forward, what's that next piece that I can continue to do that and and have some impact yeah mm-hmm. yeah well and you even had mentioned like um, parenting and mm-hmm. you know reshaping or just or focusing on on things and it's an interesting time for you because um we hadn't mentioned this but like the, your this space is now closed mm-hmm. the, the shops yeah. closed after nine years yeah and uh i'm sure there's so many lessons and things that you're gonna always be looking back on and uh, maybe the things you didn't realize how much of an impact that made on you or the lessons that you learned, how they trickle over as you do shift into this full new phase of life. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, what a cool thing that you were able to like be in, in a neighborhood and be on the streets here and be, or like just focus on this place around you as well. Um, as, as Denver, you know, I'll wrap this up as Denver moves into, uh, or as so many more people are moving into Denver, I guess. And, and there is such, uh, you know, shifts happening everywhere that, um, we don't really have control over. What do you think is just like, um, something that people, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast are kind of my age, younger, mm-hmm. um, starting their careers off. Like you were just talking about out of college, wanting to start a business, wanting to, or wanting to get a salary, wanting to make a lot of money, wanting yeah. to do it. Yeah. How do, um, how do we like keep the focus, uh, or, or even what's something that, yeah, that you, that you've taken away or that you would even share with yourself, mm-hmm. um, from when you were in that, in that place? Well, I would say coming out of college or coming out of the university or high school, wherever you're coming from, you, yes, I, I say that you know the, the beginning trajectory should be the same. You need to go out, get your job, uh, you know, earn whatever you can, but not for the sake of earning, because at some point you're going to be earning intellectual capital, and you're going to take a lot of knowledge, and then as you get ready in your own personal space, then you take that knowledge and make it work in a different way but you can only learn so much at the university right uh when you go out and on your profession or what have you you're going to learn so much more and you need to absorb that and you need to then when you're ready bring it back so i think the trajectory is still the same uh, but what do you do with it as you start to question because we all start to question i don't doesn't matter who you are if you graduate into this really amazing position and you know you're always going to question it's going to get to the point where you're like what's the next thing and so you want to be ready for that next thing right and that next thing could be a new promotion or it could be how do i get engaged in my in something different hmm. mm-hmm. yeah that's good uh last question here for you mm-hmm. um i don't know what where you stand on faith and your mm-hmm. beliefs on life but mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I believe that God has put us all in place and gifted us in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and that the impacts and stuff that we're supposed to make on this side of life are supposed to be lasting Mm -hmm. and, uh, eternal as well. What, what do you just think with like with your giftings or with, um, the way you've been designed and built? Um, what do you think it is that one legacy that you're supposed to leave here on earth? That I treat it everybody fairly that, um, no matter who you are, that, I was open to understanding who you were as a person. And that's the best I can do, right? And from there, as that relationship develops, then we start to understand where we interact with each other. But if you don't have the initial opening to that person, then you never really get to understand that. And I think people need that because we, unfortunately, too many times, and I can say this as a person of color, we don't allow ourselves to be open because we have that first initial judgment right and don't get me wrong sometimes that's for safety but I think a lot more relationships could be more positive if we just listen and and see where the other side's coming from I love it absolutely agree well Gregory thanks so much for your time today sure. uh, yeah. it's been a pleasure you can just get to know you the last few days here the shop closes yeah, well. but uh, all the best and uh, and just blessings with your new journey thank you I appreciate it Good to meet you.
Thank you again for tuning into this episode of the City of Fruit podcast. We're a young podcast, so we're in need of your help. If you'd like to financially support or have any ideas of people to have on the show or ideas to talk about, please email me at cityoffruit at gmail.com. Also, remember to follow on Instagram at cityoffruit for all the updates of what we'll be doing and where things will be posted. Please get the word out there and share this with your friends around Denver and the world. And together, we can make this a city of fruit.